from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. He says, but listen, nobody sat down with me about a master plan. I don't know where all this ends. They are entitled to have a zip line. They don't go through. I mean, you have a right as an American to your zip line on your <laughs> private property. I mean, when you put but, it that way. <laughs> but, you know, things like a helicopter, um, things like building a dock for this yacht, that actually does have to go through local government. Do I get as much of a say, having lived here for five generations, as this guy coming in with a lot of money? No, probably not. And say you're a farmer who's just barely making it anyway, you can't afford additional taxes just so some tourists can come in from St. Louis. I'm Sarah Fenske. Augusta, Missouri is home to fewer than 300 souls, but the St. Charles County town is now seeing a huge investment. The Hoffman family of companies announced just about a year ago that it planned to invest $125 million into the area. Its efforts would turn an area of roughly 700 acres into the largest winery and vineyard mega-venture in the Midwest. Those plans are beginning to change the once sleepy town, and not everyone is happy about that. The situation is the focus of last week's Riverfront Times cover story. It's by Kathy Gilson, and it is quite a read, and she joins us today to tell us all about it. So, Kathy, welcome. Thanks for having me, Sarah. So, many of us heard about this huge investment into Augusta, and we thought, okay, lucky them. But your story has a more nuanced view. What got you interested in exploring not so much the development project, but how locals feel about what's happening there? Well, actually, a friend of mine sent me a note and uh, pointed out some of the tenor of the coverage, namely, um, mostly on television, a little bit in the Post-Dispatch, was largely being told from the Hoffman's perspective. And you read it, or I was reading this stuff, you know, as a St. Louisan, a possible tourist to wine country, like who has a problem with that? Um, But I noticed, my friend had actually noticed and pointed out to me that something was missing. People weren't, um, the Post-Dispatch did this at one point, but people weren't typically asking the folks who lived there what they thought about all of this. And it was set to be a big change in a place where change has traditionally come slowly or not at all. And was it easy to get people there on the ground to open up about how they felt about this? Yes and no. Some folks were very... Um, very happy to talk about it, very happy to be asked, you know, what, because they felt that um, the they weren't being consulted as much as they wanted to be about mm-hmm. the scope of the project, the direction the project was going to take. Others felt, you know, they didn't really want, it's a small town. Um, there is some dispute about this. Some folks didn't want to go on the record because they don't, you know, they don't want to get crosswise with their neighbors who, who do like this project, who do benefit from this project, um, and, and not wanting to stir up trouble in a small town. You know, Hoffman is the biggest employer in the town now, like as of just, and, and this is all happening happen in just 11 months. So that it's gives all you so a, fast. Yeah, that gives you a sense of the scale and the speed of, of what's happening there. And something you pointed out in your story that I thought was some valuable perspective. And again, like, I'm a fan of wineries. I will probably be drinking at these wineries very soon. <laughs> I'll see you there, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Um, but, you know, as you point out, higher property values are most 
mostly good for people who plan to cash out and leave. There's undoubtedly people in Augusta who don't want to cash out and leave. So where does this leave them? Yeah, that had been, that was pointed out to me. That's not something that occurred to me um, independently. Uh, it is great. You know, like uh, there are many pros to the to the project and many residents, even people who don't like the project will say like, yes, the downtown needed investment. You know, we didn't have our own grocery store. We didn't have our own gas station. It, it'd be great to get some more, you know, some more business in here. But on the other hand, the property values are going up, which is great if you want to leave. If your family's been there for five generations, as, as some families have, your taxes grow up and go up and say you're a farmer who's just barely making it anyway. You can't afford additional taxes just so some tourists can come in from St. Louis. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and so then even beyond this question of taxes going up, some of this stuff sounds a little bit over the top. Your article talks about a helipad. You had such a, a sly sentence in there. <laughs> even the Buddhists got upset. Oh, not sly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what, what's the deal with this helipad? <laughs> uh, yeah, the helipad the helipad's not happening. Um, the helipad was a proposal as part of this hotel that is happening. Is It's going to be a six, I think, 40 to 60 room luxury hotel as part of the original plans they wanted to put in a helipad to do um you know to do tours over wine country it's a beautiful area there see it from the sky great um there is the buddhists come in because there's a buddhist center um on the hills outside of augusta and they do retreats and they do you know they do services they do um and it was actually the buddhists who who started promulgating this this petition online um which then you know grew to 400 signatures that's more people than than live in augusta there was a separate petition they also circulated that that got another couple hundred signatures and you know this the, like you wouldn't expect fireworks at a planning and zoning commission meeting necessarily um but a lot of residents and fans of augusta came and said you know listen i have friends who are 92 years old who live in the path of this uh of this helicopter why should they they've been here all their lives why should they have to be dealing with helicopter noise mm-hmm. why should our livestock be freaking out it's hard enough to get kids in school to concentrate anyway at the elementary school and you're saying you want to fly people over so anyway ultimately the um the planning and zoning commission of st charles county unanimously voted this down you know there's a partial standing ovation everybody claps i um, love small town drama <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, you know that's certainly something you can see yeah. why people wouldn't want a helipad some of these things i mean it's not just wineries it's not just the helipad they're talking about a zip line they're talking about some like big cruise i mean some of these changes this isn't just nimby stuff this is a big change to the way of life out there yeah it's a big change and you know some of it is some of it they can just do you know if if um if residents don't like the bright pink colors on the on the new buildings that the hop and and by the way you know the hoffmans are very clear and and i believe them about the fact that they they buy buildings and restore them they don't tear them down so in one sense this is kind of like best case scenario for a development like this because it's not they're actually not planning to come in and bulldoze a bunch of stuff um, but they do want to add things to their private property. They are entitled to have a zip line. They don't go through. I mean, you have a right as an American to your zip line on your <laughs> private property. I mean, when you put but, it that way. <laughs> but, you know, things like a helicopter, um, things like building a dock for this yacht, that actually does have to go through local government officials. So the Hoffman, you know, the Hoffman Company's argument is like, listen, you you need to talk to your elected officials about this. You need to call our hotline if you have concerns um, and all of that. But I think what folks I talked to were very concerned about is, you know, in the initial press release that came out maybe 11 months ago now, it was, we're spending all this money in the community. 
you know, we want paddle boats, we want um, we want a nine hole golf course, and so on and so forth. Everything seemed to keep getting bigger. So it's that, no longer a nine hole golf course. Right now, it's a proposed twelve hole golf course. They, I don't think they have the zoning for that yet. Um, now it's you know now it's a it was a ninety six foot luxury yacht. Now it's like a one hundred and three foot luxury yacht. It's three stories. It's been you know I I have no problem with yachts, but like it's not it's not a paddle boat. Yeah. And, um, the project seems to be metastasizing. Right, and the problem is one one St. Charles County elected official told me he you know. He, he's a conservative Republican. He doesn't have any issue with, uh, pro, you know, he's very pro-private business, pro-capitalism, all this stuff. He says, but listen, nobody sat down with me about a master plan. I don't know where all this ends. I was, I was surprised by yeah. that part, that they haven't bothered to schmooze the councilman with, here's our vision for this. I think they have bothered to schmooze um, various elected officials, maybe not this specific councilman, mm-hmm. um, although he does represent the Augusta area. The issue is not even um, not consulting councilmen. It's not consulting this particular councilman on the end state. And so the counter argument to that is, well, the plan is evolving. We don't actually have a master plan. We're not in a position where we can say, here's what we want to do to X, Y, and Z specifically, and it'll be done by this date. And you can understand, you know, a development is an evolving thing. But I think what what makes some people nervous is, again, where does this all end? First, it's zip lines, and then and then what? Yeah. So the fight over the paint color is really kind of a proxy for the greater anxiety of what's happening to our town. And who gets to control? Yeah. Who gets to control what happens to this town? You know, do do I get to, hypothetically, as one of my sources, like, do I get to, do I get as much of a say, having lived here for five generations, as this guy coming in with a lot of money? No, probably not. Probably not. Yeah. So this guy coming in with a lot of money, this is something that um, it was interesting to read about in your story. David and Jerry Hoffman, they do have ties to the area. Yeah. Washington, Missouri. They went to high school there. Yeah. They met in high school there. They've been married for, I'm going to screw it up, many decades. <laughs> many decades. Um, and they have done this in other towns. But as you point out, those towns have been a little bit different than what they're doing here. Correct. They've done this in, um, and, and you know, it's uh, the Post-Dispatch, I don't know if this is the Hoffman's words specifically. The Post-Dispatch used, used a word that I found interesting, which was city making. So what they like to do, and again, this is not like your your typical developer coming in, bulldozing all this stuff, putting up luxury high rises where, you know, cows had once roamed or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's they go, they've, they've done, they've made big investments in Naples, Florida, um, in Winnetka, which is a suburb outside Chicago, uh, and in Avon, Colorado, which is close to Vail. And they, they buy up a bunch of commercial real estate. They do some renovations and revitalizations. They bring in new businesses. Um, and, and that's the way the model works. Typically in these other towns, though, they haven't been as small. They've been closer to or already existing tourist destinations. So like the proportion of change relative to you know, the the existing town, I think, is a little bit different in those cases. And, you know, you don't, I, I, I looked for this, I didn't see a lot, and maybe it didn't get covered, or maybe it just wasn't there. I didn't see a lot of backlash in those other cases. Um, you know, there's always going to be people, people like their towns the way their towns are. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, sometimes there's, there's always going to be pushback for things like this. But I think the the proportion of change for Augusta specifically, as you say, a town of fewer than 300 souls, 
an old town on the Missouri River is, is just very big and very fast. We heard from a couple of listeners on this. Rich writes on Facebook, in autumn, I like to take a drive from the city to Herman via Route 94. My concern is, will there be rerouting and altering the foliage tour that I so enjoy? There's not a lot of extra room on some of those roads. Mike also writes on our St. Louis on the Air Facebook page, there's so much being done. The town already looks much better. Lots of happy employees at Hoffman Family of Company that can't wait to see more. We finally have a gas station again and a general store. Lots of buildings being fixed up, not tore down. There's plenty of people in town that like what is being done so far. Nothing is going to be perfect for both sides, but I see a lot more good being done. I want to encourage people who are interested in what's happening in Augusta. uh, You really need to read Kathy's story. This is in the Riverfront Times. You can find it online at riverfronttimes.com. Kathy, you just did a heck of a job. I know that you're a freelance writer. You do a lot of different subjects. Do you think you're going to stay on the Augusta story? I love Augusta. I I love the people that I talk to there. It's a beautiful place. Um, I definitely I mean, I'm definitely going to go back down there at least hang out with Gertie the goat who is going to be dyed green as the Grinch for the Christmas parade. You can't miss that. Yeah, you can't miss that. You have new friends in Augusta. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Kathy Gilson, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. This episode was produced by Jane Mather Glass with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Doerr and production assistance by Jane. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.